Hello and welcome to Alive and Kicking, the podcast that's more 90s than going to buy your CD singles at our price. Our price score. Do you remember that? Or Woolworths, yeah, so maybe Woolworths as well. My name is Ash Rose and I am your host and your guide to everything 1990s football. Yes, we're back once again for another slice of nostalgia from football in the 1990s. Hope you're well. How are you? You good? Yeah? Thank you for downloading as always and joining us on this brilliant ride through time as we look back at some of the best, some of the worst and some of the downright outrageous things from the 1990s in football. Um, we're back after a couple of weeks. Uh, again, I said, I keep saying it, we're back on a regular basis. I'm really pleased about that because at the start of the season, um, for one reason or another, it was just not possible uh, to get this out as regular as I'd liked as we did last season, um, especially with me now being remotely and doing a lot of things from my office at home instead of being in the studio with the guys from West 12 Media who are still so, so helpful in putting on this podcast but we are trying to get the the show on a more regular basis to you guys and uh, hopefully um you're enjoying what we've done last week uh, or last episode i should say um we did a kind of yeah it wasn't i wouldn't say last minute but um a, a theme that me and um you know regular friend of the show um joel young came up with a couple of days before and we just wanted to talk 90s football and we came up with those few things each that we thought personally um we're, we're quintessentially I think is the word I use 1990s and we had some great stuff on there um I really enjoyed looking back at some of my after as well especially the the NZ League extra which Joel mentioned um and I went back on YouTube and had a look at them and I think I tweeted the video and I didn't realize until I retweeted uh, I probably knew this at the time but being quite young and the fact the show was on at a stupid clock in the morning as well so I don't think I watched many of them but they had the you are the number one theme tune which was the ITV tune for Euro 92 and it's absolutely phenomenal. If you like your cheesy pop, um, from it's got a kind of 80s-esque, like Boy Meets Girl type. Um, was it Boy Meets Girl? Is that the band I think of? Boy and Girl? Waiting for a star to fall. Whoever sings that? It's kind of that-esque. REO Speedwagon, that kind of thing. And it's sung by Paul Young, called You Are The Number One. You are the number one! Yeah, it's a great tune. But that was the theme tune to that show as well. So it was obviously rehashed. Uh, for that show, um, well done to Paul Young because he probably got a few more royalties off that as well as Euro 92, so it was good to look back on that as as well as the others. Joe is actually back again on today's show because I've had to reschedule uh, a few things. Um, you may remember the end of last episode I mentioned that we're going to do a kind of look back season by season in the 1990s, which we are still doing. Um, I'm just trying to get the right guests in the right order. Um, which sometimes takes a little bit of time because I want the best guests and want the best footballers on the phone as well um, that for you guys to listen to and kind of re- sometimes relate to that show. We don't always get them relating to each show, um, but for that particular sort of theme or series, I want to do that. Um, so hopefully the next episode will start with 1990-91 season, um, which we're going to do with author uh, who's been on the show before, Greg Ramsborn. So um, yeah, we'll get that kick-started and the next episode. So Joel is back sooner than we thought. We recorded another episode, um, which we will. Be, I'll talk to you about in just a minute. Just wanted to talk quickly before we get into the meat of today's uh, podcast. Um, it's a couple of well, not an anniversary of one, but of certainly of the other. That it's actually been twenty years. I think it was on Wednesday, which was the twenty fifth of January. 
20 years since Trevor Sinclair's bicycle kick. And I know, yes, I can hear you groaning. I'm very QPR. <laughs> it's very much in my world. So yes, I'm, it's a mention and, and that's quite close to my heart. But for me, trying to you know step out of that QPR bubble and um, not be biased, it's still probably... <laughs> One off, if not the best goal of the 1990s. Um, can't believe it's been 20 years. I was there myself in the stadium that day against Barnsley uh, for the FA Cup game. And it's just, uh, you know, you can take all your overhead kicks that you've seen before and since, including Stan Collymore and Rivaldo and Wayne Rooney, um, who may not have a goal scorer. Um, they're just not as good. There's just something about this goal. And QPR actually tweeted a little video of themselves because they celebrated it as uh, Trevor went into the uh, club's Forever Ours type um, at the weekend. But they tweeted uh, a little video of, of players watching it who hadn't seen it before, which was quite nice. And you could see that, you know, I think it was James Perch who said the height of it that came in from um, Danny Maddox. That's what makes the goal so difficult. He's back to goal and, and then the bicycle kick from outside the box, dipped over the goalkeeper's head. Absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen it, I don't know. You, you, you must have seen it. If you're listening to this podcast, you really must have seen it. We've gone all about it enough here as well. And I think when we did our goals podcast, we mentioned it. Uh, when we did our top 10 goals on the AK90s website, I actually think it was number two and it only lost to Dennis Burkamp's goal at the 98 World Cup against Argentina, which is another unbelievable goal. But 20 years, yeah, since uh, Trevor Sinclair scored that amazing, amazing goal. It was also this week, 22 years uh, since Eric Cantona did that fateful kung fu kick on uh, the Crystal Palace supporter. So again, it just seems so... 22 years is so long ago, isn't it? Oh, we're getting old. Um, I always remember Jonathan Pierce's commentary to that as well. And I think um, it was tweeted out by uh, a, a journalist friend of mine um, on there. We, we, I didn't retweet it, but I will uh, at some point this week that had the actual commentary from Jonathan Pierce because I remember that myself um, listening to it as well. And uh, yeah, in, in true 90s fashion, where with Jonathan Pierce on Capital Gold was particularly loud and brash in all, in all good sense of the word, which you know led him to do, be in lots of stuff for BBC eventually um it's a great uh, it's a great listen and for a moment that I mean it's not a nice moment in terms of what Eric did but it's very much one of the most controversial talking points of the decade and of course it led to his ban and then he's uh I don't want to say triumphant because it's you know it's he shouldn't have been triumphant for what he did but the big comeback against Liverpool and then him regaining the league for Manchester United it was a real sort of story throughout uh, the 1990s and Again, it's something I want to do possibly this season as a next series that to do individual uh, podcasts on players in the 90s. And Cantona would certainly be one of those. And I know I've mentioned this thing even last season that a Paul Gascoigne one would be uh, a tremendous one as well to do. We won't get Joe on that one, though, because uh, he's not got the best uh, sort of memories of him at Borough. But he is, as I said, on today's show. And uh, we've talked through this is a, a theme that Joel put uh, to me. And it's something we briefly touched on on our TV pods uh, last season when we were talking about footballers on TV we sort of mentioned I think not even in a great detail I think it was just a brief kind of oh this happened uh, footballers in adverts and football related adverts um, Joe well, you know, as you'll find out has got some sort of obsession with adverts that he kind of watches them on YouTube on a regular basis so which is, is quite nice um, so this seems to be the perfect theme for him so we chat through some of the memorable adverts from the 1990s that were football related in terms of if there was a football in them or you know you're instantly thinking of the Nike ones with the you know the airport scene in from outside 99 where the Brazil players did all those tricks or the devil advert those sort of things we're going to chat 
through all those um, today. And I think we go off on enough tangents to last a lifetime. It's a really good chat that, that me and Joel had. I wonder what um, adverts from the 90s you remember. Because there's one advert, I'm going completely off football talking now, but it was for a cereal. Now, I always thought growing up that it was for crunchy nut cornflakes, which I still love to eat during this day. Um, but I recently found at Christmas when me and my wife were playing uh, the logo game, I think it was possibly. Um, yeah, you, do, you know, at Christmas you play games. Um, board games, that is, straight from the 90s. So uh, it, I found out that it wasn't Crunchy Nut Cornflakes and it was some other cereal. I can't remember what it was now and I had to go online to make sure. But I was wrong all these years. I thought that tasty, tasty, very, very tasty, your very tasty was Crunchy Nut Cornflakes and it wasn't. Shocked to my very core. Um, but no, we'll chat through more football-related adverts in just a minute. Plus, we've got a great guest today as well for you to enjoy. So all that coming up. But before we get to that, let me just tell you that you can follow us on Twitter at AK90s and on Facebook as well. Get involved as much as you can because we like to to see all your 90s related uh, memories, any sort of mementos you've got, any tat hiding in your garage as I say, put them on Twitter, retweet them or just any anniversaries that we don't actually mention on our own feed. Let us know. We always want to know what happened in the 90s this day or this week. So yeah, get involved on there. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, we are available on all podcast platforms and iTunes, of course. And if iTunes is your podcast weapon of choice, podcast, podcast weapon of choice, um, then if you would be feeling very nice, and I would appreciate it greatly, um, if you could give us a little review and a little five-star rating, it helps us so much in building this podcast, building the website, building kind of the sort of family as well getting better guests on not that there's been anything wrong with the guests anyway but to get more guests and and more guys on the phone that we love talking to and they can share their memories i thought elton wellsby uh was slightly unusual but unusually brilliant on the last time show we did um i mean it was unfortunate timing with the death of graham taylor but it was great to hear his memories uh of graham and and it it was instant it was literally the day it was hours after um, Graham had, had passed away that I spoke or it was announced that it was, he passed away that I spoke to Elton so it was still very raw to him um, so it was nice to get his instant reaction and those memories from Italia 90 uh, from him and that story he told of Joe Royal possibly being involved in the England setup that never happened so if you haven't listened to that uh, that was on the last episode go back and check that out because uh, it was a really interesting chat with Elton Wellsby before you do that, uh, here's today's interview. Yes, this was uh, not quite a last-minute replacement, but we were just trying to schedule our interviews uh, for the best shows, and we've chosen this one, this episode for you, uh, talking to former Aston Villa defender Sean Till. You may remember for him from the 90s. Had a great tash, if I remember rightly. It was an era of great tashes, and he certainly had one. He talks to us about the Villa team of that time that won the Cup in 94, ran Man United close to the title uh, the year before that. And playing in Hong Kong in the 90s, which was a, a certainly different aspect, point of view uh, of the decade. Um, do bear with the interview. There is a slight moment where Sean, I think he's trying to take himself from hands-free to his ear. Uh, cuts out very slightly, but he does come back in when he's talking about um, his favourite players of the 90s. So bear with the interview. So here it is, Sean Till talking to me earlier today, followed by me and Joel talking football adverts in the 1990s. This is a life and kick in. Do enjoy. Sean Till, welcome to Alive and Kicking. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Um, let's chat Aston Villa because that's where you spent most of the 90s and probably the, the pinnacle of your career. You joined in 1991. What was the club like when you joined? Um, big, as it always has been. <laughs> um, I think the first thing you notice when you walk into somewhere like Aston Villa is 
simply the size of it, uh, the history that surrounds the club. Um, I signed on a I signed on a Sunday down in Bournemouth and travelled up on the Tuesday, and didn't really see a lot of the club apart from we trained on the Tuesday morning and then flew to Germany for ten days. So. My my early recollection was quite strange because it wasn't really around the club. We were in Germany, mm. um, so it was all a bit weird. But you, by what was said to you by the players, you know, by the manager, Ron, obviously Ron Atkinson had just took over, and the way he sold the club to me. And um, but really, my, my focus when I first joined wasn't on the club itself. My focus was on, in a way, on on me and and making sure I showed what I could do because I didn't really fancy going from Bournemouth to Aston Villa to sit on the bench. And I didn't really know at that time whether Ron had bought me as a first-team player or as a squad player. Um, and I, I actually didn't know that till about 20 years later. Because <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy Gray told me in an interview, because Andy Gray was assistant manager when I signed, and I asked him the question straight out and he answered it. So... Um, but it, it was just that the whole the whole Aston Villa football club, you know, the biggest club in Birmingham by a by a country mile, um, and and the history, you know, you knew straight away about the the European Cup win in '82. Mm. You knew about, you know, the the, the seven uh, League Cup wins or FA Cup wins, whatever it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. So you, you knew and you knew about the great players that have been there. So you know, I was joining what I knew was a huge club, and it was going to be. Down to me to work hard to to make an to make an impact. Mm. You mentioned Ron Atkins there. He's someone we've actually spoke to before as well. Big big character. What was he like to play under? Um, well, Ron at the start was fantastic. So you know you come in from a lower league club. Uh, I think my first game I played I played in a game over in Germany and did okay. But it's all, nobody says anything, so it's very difficult to know where you're at. Um, we came back and we played. Paul Birch had gone to Wolverhampton Wanderers, and his, uh, his testimonial was at Villa Park. So that was really my first game in front of the Villa faithful at Villa Park. You know, in front of the whole ten, um, and I had a good game. I played well, so they took to me straight away. I think Ron had made a, a comment when he signed me. You know, people had said, "Well, who the hell's Sean Teal?" And it was like, "Well, listen." He, he won't set the place alight. He won't put bums on seats, but you'll be pleasantly surprised. And that's how he sold it to the to the Villa faithful that I wouldn't I wouldn't let them down. And, and I think that's the way my career went at Villa. They they trusted me in the end. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I, I think so. You were part of that squad as well that in the first season of the Premier League just came runners up to Manchester United. A great season. What for you did did Villa not quite have in the end to to nail that championship? Um, the experience, I think. I think it was all down to United had been there before, uh, and we hadn't. We were, you know, we were basically in '91 a brand new team because it was 11 new players, um, and then there was additions to that in, in at the start of '92, and we built from there. And it was, I just don't think we were ready. You know, that those last six games cost us everything. I think we went from, did we go from 10 points clear? Or six points clear to losing it by ten points, something like that. Yeah, and I think it was quite, six points. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, quite surreal. You know, we we lost, we got beat at Blackburn, and we 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 tied with Coventry. We did we lose to Oldham, and you know it was just ridiculous the things that went on. Um, and we just we, we we lost our composure. You know, 
I always go back to the game where United were playing Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Injury time. Our now manager scores that header. And Brian Kidd, and I could throttle Brian Kidd, runs on the field, jumping up and down like a two-year-old. <laughs> and that, that, that is the defining moment for me of that whole season. We lost it, and they won it on that game. That was a huge swing, that game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just, just real, real disappointment that we hadn't stayed stayed the, the distance, really. Yeah, we kind of made up for it the season after. You were part of the the League Cup winning team. What was that like? And for you, was that the the highlight of your football career? Uh, yes, yeah, of course. Going 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 to Wembley and winning is, is has got to be you know everybody's aim and, and a, a huge highlight. Um, obviously, the strange thing that season was, apart from the two legged game, that was the only game we played at, at Villa Park because every other game was away. Um, so we went to Sunderland, got battered and won four one. We went to Arsenal, we went to Tottenham. You know, so we, we certainly did it the hard way. Mm. Um, and then and then to play so well at Wembley as a team, you know, Ron, Ron sprung the surprise of playing five man midfield with with big daily and wide. Uh, Graham Fenton slotted into the centre mid, and uh, and it just paid dividends. You know, we we controlled the game and. and Yes, we had a bit of an onslaught at the end, but they were always going to challenge us. You know, they had a great team out that day. You know, they had the, the you had basically what was the the best eleven players, bar the goalkeeper because Schmeichel didn't play, uh, and God rest his soul, Les Sealy was in goal. So, you know, but it was just a fantastic day. A fantastic, the whole thing was fantastic from start to finish. And what were the celebrations like after? Do you remember those? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we went we went back to the Royal Lancaster. We were all staying over in the Royal Lancaster. There was a party arranged, and uh, Stan Boardman, who had been on the coach on the way to the game, was there telling his jokes. And um, the only problem is he told the same jokes at the night that he told us on the coach. So he got slaughtered. Uh, <laughs> Gary Parker, Gary Parker slaughtered him. Um, I, the, the overriding memory I have of the night was that all the girls were quite happy to stay up till four o'clock in the morning drinking. All the lads wanted to go to bed. Oh, knackered. <laughs> I, was, I was absolutely shocked to pieces. I think my wife managed to keep me up till one, but I didn't want to be up. I didn't want to drink. I didn't want. To, I just wanted to sleep. I was so so tired. Mm-hmm. Wow, good um, memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that the Villa team and the, and the players you played with. Who would you say of that era was the best that you played with, and, and the best you played against of, of the nineties? Well, I, I think it's common knowledge. I think you know everybody, given that, given playing in that time, would pull 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 McGrath down as the best player mm-hmm. we had, without a doubt. Um, as for the best player I played against, I always say Ian Wright because he was a real pain in the backside. Yeah, like the like the talk, real, didn't he? Yeah, real pain in the backside. So. Um, I'm going. I'm holding my phone now, so don't worry. Um, it was just a real use. So uh, it took very, very difficult to play against. And obviously, Alan Shearer was a, a top, top player and a very, you know, strong physical player. But you know, I always say, Ian, 
Mm. And you say Paul McGrath, obviously, you, you saw him quite quite closely being in, in a similar position. How good was he? And so someone who we all know suffered with injury, how amazing a central defender was Paul? Um, he was just he was just unbelievably good. He was just so 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 good. His timing was his timing was perfect. You know, he he, he was the one player who could get himself in a bad position and get out of it just by a simple back heel. And you think, how's he got away with that? Because he always used to get away with it. Yeah, top top player for you. And later, you had, let's go back into sort of later in the nineties. You had some spells at Tranmere and Preston, but you also had a, a spell in Hong Kong. What what was that like playing out there at, at that time? Um, different. <laughs> Uh, it was 97. It was really good, to be fair. I, I actually went because I wanted to get out of uh, a contract uh, at Chandler. So. Um, I'd had a, a bad time at Chandler. Well, John, Johnny King was manager when I got there, and, and that was great. But then uh, John Aldridge took over, and uh, we we just never... We didn't survive like at all. So... He basically made it pretty clear that I could go. So, um, an old, an old teammate of mine from the Weymouth days was out in was out in Hong Kong at the time, and he called me up and he said, "Oh, I see you on the free pass service." I went, "Yeah." He said, "Then why come to Hong Kong?" And to be fair, I was on a, a decent contract at Tranmere. They, they paid me well to leave Villa and go to Tranmere, so I was on a decent contract. And I just said to him, "Well, I don't, I don't see how that's going to be possible because I don't think you'll pay, you'll match the money I'm on." So. Um, he spoke to this the fellow who was in charge of the money there, and they they said they would they would basically match what I was on. So um, I agreed to go. The only thing I didn't tell John Aldridge that I told John Aldridge they'd only pay me half the money. So John, in his wisdom to get rid of me quickly, decided to give me half of what was on at Tranmere as well. So I was on time and a half for the whole season. <laughs> nice deal. And what was the football like out in, in Hong Kong at the time? Um, it was okay. I mean, we had we had six English lads, so we had the likes of uh, Martin Cool was out there playing for us. Ian Muir, who was mm. formerly of Tranmere, um, Paul Woods, who had been at Sheffield United. So we had quite a, an English influence. We had six players in total, plus the keeper. Um, so it was pretty good for us. Um, it was difficult because the, obviously the language barrier was always difficult. Um, the different cultures was a huge clash, you know, where we'd eff, we'd eff and blind and, and they'd look at us as if we were start raving mad and tell us not to swear. <laughs> Which, as, as as English players, that was just not going to happen. <laughs> no. Yeah. They, they had to adjust, just, as much as we had to adjust. They had to adjust. You know, we were we were part of a... Uh, we were owned by a company that did... Uh, that made underwear for Marks and Spencers, basically. Two of the owners were, were big businessmen. And we were tied into a club in in China. So, because there was only eight teams in the league at the time, and you played sort of everybody three times, we had weeks where we had no games. So, the, the carters off up into China, to different areas of China to play friendlies. Um, and that was always an issue because it was far harder to get Western-type food in China than it was in Hong Kong. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like Chinese food, but... Real Chinese food is far different from the, the stuff you get in the chippy in, in England now. You know, the chow mein's and the chop series barely exist out in, in Hong Kong and China. So um, some of the stuff was a bit doggy. You know, uh, bat soup, um, dog, dog stew. Um, 
uh, and all sorts of strange-looking um, amphibians. <laughs> Interesting. So, so obviously the boys would go, "Oh, hang on, we can't eat that." We 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 went and met all the big dignitaries at um, uh, a big spa hotel that was. It was actually a PFA. Uh, um, it was actually a golf uh, hotel, one of the big golf hotels out there. And we met all these dignitaries, and, and that's exactly what happened. We sat around and worked with all the dignitaries, the English lads, because we're supposedly, you know, that's why we're there, to meet them. And they give us back soup, and one of the lads puts his, his spoon in his soup, lifts it up, and what's on the bottom of it? A bat. And it was like, oh. and we, we, just, we, just, we just got up and walked out. <laughs> I, went to, I went to McDonald's down the road. <laughs> very, very bizarre. Yeah, very bizarre. Well, what, finally, before we let you go, I mean, what are you up to nowadays, Sean? What do you what do you do your time? Um, I've just spent uh, the last three years going back and forth to, to the United States, coaching kids, um, trying to give something back, really. You mm. know, um, I've enjoyed that, but I've got grandkids in England, so you know, the wife wants to be in England, so I'm back home now doing basically nothing. <laughs> just chilling on the villa. Just sitting. There. Yeah, I haven't even been to Villa Park yet. I've not had a chance. I've just, with Christmas and that, I've just not had a chance. So I will get down there and I will get to watch the lads. Uh, and it looks like it could be an interesting window for us. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll sign the players that get us on the up. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking to us, Sean. It's been great sharing those memories. You're welcome, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. See you later. Bye. Bye. But here we go. Get to the meat of today's sandwich. Uh, once again, he's back. He's bold. He's borough. Um, Joel Young, friend, regular, football encyclopedia, me and him chatting football adverts in the 1990s. Enjoy. Joining me today on this uh, look back at some TV adverts and magazine adverts from the 1990s is my old friend, the head of the Juninho fan club in Middlesbrough, Mr. Joel Young. How are you doing, buddy? I'm very well, Ash. How are you? You beat me to the punch. Juninho's actually in one of these adverts. Oh, there we go. Well, there's, that's two mentions within like 15 so seconds. I, I so I was going to say, I was going to save it until it happened. But there you go, <laughs> jumping and going, bang, straight in there, Juninho. I'm probably not the head of the Juninho fan club, but I've, have I mentioned this before that I still sign my name, Jolinho? Yeah, you have, yeah. yeah. And I love it. Um, I absolutely love it. Very strange, yeah. <laughs> but, so, but there you go. Still, still very much loved. Very close to my heart. Of course. That's I'm, I. I'm, I'm, there was that picture Sorry, I put on Twitter a couple of months ago of him kind of being hugged by an old lady that I wanted someone to Photoshop your head on, which would have been brilliant, but no one did. So we need to ask Freddie. We'll ask. Uh, we'll ask young Freddie. Our uh, are you familiar with Freddie? Our, my young Colchester United follower, oh, YouTube okay. friend. Has he got? Uh, is he a Photoshop king? He's a very good photoshopper. He did the photoshop of my head on Paul Pogba's body at the, <laughs> you know, when Pogba was wearing that incredible suit at the yeah. Ballon d'Or, I think it was last year. And he, he does some incredible. And he did. He actually did do. No, he did do that. Freddie did photoshop. There was did the he? picture of. The, no, there was the picture of. Was it picture of Janino having a cuddle with somebody lying on a couch? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And 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 Freddie put my picture on that head. Oh, yeah. We we'll have to dig it out again. Brilliant. He loved picture. this. I'll, I don't I'll even tell know where that picture this. came from. Very strange picture of Janino. Very odd. Uh, but we'll talk about Janine in a bit then, um, but mm. we're talking TV adverts. Before we do, I'd, last time we were on, we talked about a random Middlesbrough player from the past in Uwe Fuchs. I'm going to challenge you now, another player that time forgot who will, outside of Middlesbrough, anyone spring to mind? Uh, we're we're, we're going to do it at the end. I'm gonna, do it at the end? Uh, yeah, I've got, my, I've got a few that I'm sort of... Okay, yeah, I'll let you between. toy with that and we'll, we'll do it yeah. at the end. Cool, right, so... I don't know where to kick off with this one. There's so many. I think when you talk about this subject, people kind of remember the big hitters, but then you mm. delve into it. I know it's something we briefly discussed on a TV pod we did last season, but we did majority talk sort of TV shows and sort yeah. of the films like When Saturday Comes and things like that. 
So to, that's to strictly talk about adverts. Uh, where, would, where would you like to start, Joe? Go on, you start. I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs> I am, I am a, an, an absolute, I, you know, it is said by both my parents, uh, separate of each other, have said that when I was a when I was a very young baby, I'd sleep through telly shows and wake up for the adverts. So doing this, and sometimes sometimes even now, you know, just for a bit of wallpaper, Sky Sports News, there's not much happening, you know, there's not much going on in the world. I will just go to YouTube on my telly, just put on 80s adverts. And there's like, people have made two, three hour compilations of 80s yeah, adverts, 19 hours, YouTube, and I just yeah. leave them running. And I'm just like fascinated with them still. One, uh, just uh, what a lot of cobblers, a lot of them were saying, which we will get to when it comes to uh, one of these adverts. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's kind of, I think looking at adverts in magazines or magazines on telly, I think you can, I think you possibly get more of a feel of what life was like yeah. than perhaps watching shows from the era sometimes. I think, I think it can tell you, tell you a lot really how things were sold to us. Um, we can start at the beginning if you want. Should we go with the... Uh, it's a very we'll, good place we'll, to start, someone. Yeah, said. we'll go We'll go with the Nike stuff. The Nike we'll, stuff. I mean, yeah. when we're talking football adverts, I mean, I think Nike, they are the ones that stand out most because... As you mentioned, there are very there are a lot of cobblers in the nineties and a lot of cheese. <laughs> There's a lot of cheese which we will get to, and which is you know I'm a big fan of cheese, both kinds, you know the actual kind yeah. and cheese stuff. But Nike, they were kind of they, they they changed the game. They were cool. They were adverts that people loved because they were full of footballers. They were cool and they kind of they were spectacular. They were like kind of mini little kind of programs in one, weren't they? And I think the, the cinematography is just incredible. Yeah, on, on some of them, you know, watching it from a telly point of view, I was like, blimey, how did you do that? Especially for the era we we're in as well. I mean, we're mo- you know it was moving quite fast at this point. But the one that always always stands out to me is the good versus evil one. I mean, yeah, that's top of my list. It's an advert that's when you look at the players involved. It's ridiculous. You know, you're talking people at top with their game. Obviously, the one Cantona is the the, the, the star with the au revoir and the flick of the the collar. Yeah. But people like Cliver and David, Ian Wright, who at the time was you know you know Arsenal's number one, not quite England's as much as he'd like to be, but he was Arsenal's number one. I think who was the defenders? I can't. Remember. I think him. if you want to, if you want to just Ian Wright very quickly, if all the superstars in that advert, the last face that you see is Ian Wright. Yeah, it now is, that yeah. just seems incredible now that the last face you would choose to focus on when you've got Ronaldo's in that advert Figo, uh, like said, Pat- yeah. Patrick Kluivert's yeah. in it uh, I can't remember who the Italian player is in it who says maybe they're friendly uh, <laughs> I can't remember who that is off the top of my head but um, and, and the last face you see is Ian Wright and we've got, I've got a bit to say about Ian Wright later on but it just seems incredible that it, for a lot of kids now if they saw that advert they'd go what's the guy's match of the day doing there what's the guy off he's a 90s like his nip Friends like these doing their <laughs> oh, <laughs> terrible show. What's he doing? There? He took over from Ant and Deck. That's yeah. a bit of a poison chalice. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it's the. I think the cinematography of the thing is just incredible for the time. I think adverts for biscuits probably look like that now, but at the time that was big budget stuff. Massive. And how how violent it is. Yeah, that's yeah. an impossibly violent advert. I mean, and that devil is scary. Like from a, the, as a kid watching it, I mean, it's a little bit frightening. That devil. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was uh, there's, there's that there's the the crowd who just looked like a regular San Siro crowd. If I'm not, it's, yeah. it's the daunted, yeah. it, proper daunted. The but I just want to talk about the team themselves. I mean, there's a lot of technical stuff I think from a football point of view that's wrong with this advert. Right, <laughs> for a start, the evil team take the kick off all wrong. You know, this season we've allowed it in the game. You know, it's coming now that yeah. you can kick the ball forward. The only time. Moment. 
not in the 90s. No. First thing they did, and it, you know, why would you just boot the foot? You're just giving the ball to the opposition. I know they were kind of overestimating themselves against this team, but they're still an incredible team they were playing. You know, uh, the away team, you know, the good guys, they're all in different kits. How you, <laughs> meant to, to, you know, pick out each other, you know, you, there needs to be some semblance of uniformity across People the way. would not like that. In, in a, in no, a day and age where shorts can't even clash, they would, they would the, hate that. There is a dog on the pitch, and we've all seen the we've all seen the trouble that happens when there's a dog on the pitch yep. at a football match. You know, everybody we get a lot of squirrels knows. at QPR recently. No, squirrels, yeah, which was quite. It's random. not. It's not the most sort of um, rural no, area around Shepherd's Book, no. is it? Bus is it? City How squirrels. That yeah, yeah that's, that's very that's very odd. But yeah, and, and and there's the blind referee. You know, yep. you, you, they wouldn't they wouldn't get away they wouldn't get away with probably most of this advert now. But it is a genuinely frightening. I, when I watched it, I was kind of like, I remembered it like you, you know, with a bit of sort of reverend awe and everything. But I went back and watched it and went, this is actually pretty creepy stuff. Yeah, I love it's, it. You, the, the, oh, God, it's incredible. It's a real sort of piece of work in, in the nicest possible way. But you think you wouldn't see that. There'd be outrage now. There'd be Twitter outrage. There'd be front page. That would be front page news outrage now. And I think at the time it just passed by without even a even a, a lick of anything there might have been like the odd sort of oh god this is this yeah. is good but that's that's an incredible starfield advert uh special effects cinematography extremely violent but also very cool like very you said cool. you know, Cantonau, Au revoir. but you know his final thing is the ball turns into fire yeah and he shoots it through the stomach of the devil who's in goal when you talk it's about incredible. it it sounds mental but yeah <laughs> but that's i mean that's that's well that's what i did i sort of looked at it with my sort of 18 year old media studies a yeah. level head on and went Good God, this is this is absolutely astonishing piece of work, you know. And then you go from um, you go from that, which is sort of scary and intense and mad, to the absolute sort of laid back curl of the airport advert. Classic everywhere that summer, and considering that was the World Cup in France, yeah. And and all right, you know, everybody expected Brazil to go and walk it, which they didn't. Um, But that song was everywhere that summer and it's just it's that sort of gauche laid back we're Brazil we're cool uh, that's where Janinho is in I think the the third shot in that advert he's got his shaved head he's got his shaved head you know which always looks Freeze a bit weird you'll find him yeah 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 he's there straight away he's asleep they're all just asleep and just acting cool and of course Camp that turns up Kanta, again that, that little slight yeah cameo in it as well yeah raises his eye raises an eyebrow to it and then goes back to reading Le Monde yeah. or whatever he was reading. I'd love to have been on set during that because I, I would love to have known how many takes that took I'd mm. love to think it was Goodfellas style done all in one take through the restaurant but yes. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't but I mean it was I mean it was just full of gumption wasn't it it was like look at us we're Brazil. We know this is what we can do. I mean, it's unfortunate that it didn't happen in the final of that tournament. Mm. But it was. It, I remember watching it in awe for the first time again. These guys. I mean, they, they're going to walk this world if they can do that in an airport. You know, come on. What are they well, do I on mean, a there was. It, it sort of, I think it probably did put the fear of God into yeah. a lot of people because we probably weren't as accustomed to editing and you know, post your work as we are now. You know, as we know now, any player that you. You can pick. You can you can make them look a superstar on YouTube. You know, everyone's a superstar on YouTube. But back then, we weren't accustomed to that. And you see, you know, Ronaldo dancing through everybody. Janinho's in it. It's it's that team, and it's it's absolutely kind of incredible stuff. And of course, the piece de resistance 
at the end is where they, they don't actually score. Yeah. <laughs> and and because you know there was two two endings filmed, one where they fired it in and one where they hit the post, and everybody just went hitting the post better. Yeah, and it, it better. is. Yeah, because it gives it that better. kind of you know comical slice at the end. Yeah, because it's funny all the way through it. That ad. It, it's just nice. It's it's cool. Everybody's sort of watching and getting involved. It's very um, community. You know, it's that kind of thing. And I think it's that thing of Brazil are everyone's second, second international team. Yeah. team. So it's it's the only place that probably weren't going to show that ad and make a lot of money was Argentina. Yeah, everywhere true. else in yeah. the, everywhere yeah. else in the world, they were going to make going to sell thousands of t-shirts. You know, those cool. Uh, canary yellow with the green yeah. tick with just brazil written on them just super cool stuff yeah. i think i've got one of those hanging around somewhere as well so they're nice says it all, i mean yeah. you know, as you know i'm an adidas purist but yeah you nice are an adidas purist yeah um no, there were another advert from nike in that era as well which was kind of sort of the anti sort of good versus evil one which was the sunday league one they did as well which was full of um more kind of english premier league yeah. top flight footballers but again i mean it was different because, again, it had that cool factor. It was kind of showing, mm. you know, the Sunday League, which is, you know, great that it's still going in this in this day and age. And it showed that against, you know, this is how we all start. I remember Ian Wright being very prominent again. He was one of Nike's number one athletes uh, yeah. at the time. He was in that. I think he scored the goal, if I remember rightly, in that advert. Yeah. Um, but that was another one. I mean, they really, those three stand out for me for just, I think Nike, like I said earlier, changed the game in sort of making adverts, not just about, oh, we've got this player. Here's our product. They made it, yeah. made the players part of the story in the adverts, adverts, be, adverts becoming events yeah, rather exactly. than because well, you look at the so ones like now it. as well that Nike do a couple of years ago the Ronaldo one where he burst into a child was that the Euro 96 the Euro oh, 96 there's my mind Euro <laughs> 2016 advert where he changed into a child and then yes yeah, so yeah. I mean things like that I mean they've come on and this is the beginnings of those kind of adverts and they are mini films yeah and, and that's what you're talking they're not they're not just buy out you know he's our boots he's some got he's some goals you know a lot of these ads that we'll talk about i think lucas aid are guilty of that kind of kind of thing uh but certainly the nike stuff are kind of mini films mini feel-good stories mini shock stories i mean it, it wasn't it was 2002 i think but the cage advert yeah that yeah. nike did with uh elvis gxl yeah, on it yeah. just because i was like well that's 90s isn't it and then i went and watched it and i went no of course not because yeah. gxl's 2002 yeah. or whatever it was but yeah but it was, uh, it, became, it was the next in line really wasn't it it was the same ilk of that and that you know it, that spawned fifa street the video game as well so that's how yeah how that happened so, but yeah again i mean nike i keep using that word but they made adverts cool and made people want to watch them mm. i really really um enjoyed the stuff and that's not speaking as particularly a Nike fan. Yes. Yeah. So well, we're talking about their adverts, maybe not their clobber, because, you know, their kits in this day and age, I could go on on a whole podcast how templated they are, but that's mm. uh, for another day. Um, you mentioned Lucas Aid there um, and then products wise. I think you can't talk adverts in the 1990s without something that we tried, and I probably still try it now without even realising, is trying to kick a can into a bin. And uh, there's one like man. John Barnes. Yeah, one man responsible for that, and that's John Barnes and Lucas Aid's. And, and you've got to remember as well, Ash, that he did it after 90 minutes of sheer hell. It's sheer hell, yeah. Probably an England <laughs> game if it's sheer hell. Probably getting booed for 90 minutes from England they all, fans. They all come in in England shirts, yeah. yeah, but it's only... And that's another funny thing as well, is that they're just allowed to wear their England shirts with Umbro plastered on them. And yeah. I think there's, a, there's an advert that I'll talk about later on for Reebok, where, where Umbro is very heavily featured. It seems really odd it wouldn't, wouldn't happen no, again yeah, now. Yeah. But the Lucasade one, I mean... Like occasionally we'll come out of a bad game and somebody, either me or one of my mates, will turn around and go, 90 minutes of sheer hell. You know, and, that, <laughs> and that's it, you know, if you've got beat 4 0. And it's that thing, you know, those those kind of um, 
repetitions or, or reminders and, and lines that stick in your head from these things and that's one of them that Barnes Amber it's kind of shot really mean and moody but this is one of those that I think just talks a lot of scientific cobblers that expects people to sort of yeah people understand. ignore that bit it's like here's the science bit don't they and they just remember yeah. Barnes kicking the can into the bin which we all still try yeah. doing and, and I mean do they still make lemon and lime Lucas Aid Sport that was bloody I lovely don't... I don't think so. You just get regular Lucas Aid. Yeah. Do they still even do Lucas Aid sport? You certainly don't get it in cans. No, definitely don't get it in cans. It's in that. We used weird... to get Lucas Aid tablets. Oh, God, yeah. That was Can you remember then? Well, they, they turned him to sweets, if I'm not wrong, as well. I think they did Lucas yeah, Aid. Yeah, they were like, yeah, turn him into like a, like a bar of fizzy, horrible, sugary, yeah, like fizzy sweets. Yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. exactly what they were. Yeah. But there's a, there's a couple, there's the other. Lucas Aid sort of always wanted to tip it on the side of sport and efficiency and isotonic. And all this was this is the other one with Shearer. Yeah. Where he's just running on the treadmill and the maid's getting annoyed outside and she's sort of twiddling her thumbs and saying, you know, this is the day before smartphones. What was she going to do? Um, so she's getting very annoyed. But there's another one where Lucas Aid tried to be funny and I hated it. I got, I, I got actually kind of annoyed by watching adverts. Again, it's the Shearer one. Have you seen the Shearer and the carpet? Um, Fake. Alan, yeah. Alan Shearer is Maybe. out, is in a field. And it's very stereotypically Geordie, northeast. Why I, man? Come on. Why, why didn't you give it some welly? And all this stuff. And he's booting a ball and booting a ball. And then eventually, you know, you see it. And he's, he's using uh, the football to beat the dust out of the carpet that's hanging up on the washing line. And then the wifey comes oh, out. And she's yeah. got her hair in, she's got the hair in curlers. And she's drinking a cup of tea and looking all snooty. And he's going, right, come on, Bonnie lad. And I was just like, oh, my God. You might as well have brought a whippet. Somebody, somebody holding a big leak. Yeah, very, you know what yeah. I mean? I was just like, that was, yeah. May 98. Yeah. So he was England, oh, yeah, England number one at the moment, at that point. Yeah, I remember that. A real bit of northern condescension, I think. And and uh, yeah, very, very peculiar. Wound me up. Some that I think that's the danger sometimes where brands try to be funny. Yeah. They move away from what they've always done. Whereas Luke said, you know, I sort of associate with being pooly. Yeah, have some Lucas Aid, you'll be fine. This sugary nonsense, get that down. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, other Alan, the Alan Shearer one I remember as well. The McDonald's advert he did. I was going to come to that. Yeah, yeah. that's that one where he walked in and the, the kid just kept walking in an autograph behind the desk, didn't he? Yeah, kept going in. Was it McDonald's? No, he wasn't. McDonald's. He wasn't Burger it was King. McDonald's. It was McDonald's, McDonald's yeah. yeah, and eventually he gets it on a. Is it a? Is it a bill? Does he sign a bill? Well, no. Alan Shearer goes into McDonald's and pays, tries to pay for a McDonald's with a cheque. That's it, a cheque, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> She's going into He says, Oh, can you take. And no, it doesn't match. Can you just give me. Uh, can you write your signature on here, please? Uh, there you go. And that's how he gets it. But that advert shows Alan Shearer in a really bad light, I think. When I went back and watched it yesterday, I was like, This poor kid is consistently hanging about. And it's kind of like Shearer sort of doesn't see him, but he's. He tends to be the last kid left, and Shira just leaves before this kick. And I was like, "Wow, that wouldn't." I mean, and that's late nineties. That wouldn't yeah. happen now. That's again. I think we talked about it on another on another podcast about how you you allow you know access to people and how you allow your yeah. players to be shown. And again, Shira comes off in a really bad light. I think in that advert. And then it, at the end, you know, it's like clearly the kid's asking for his autograph, and he still gives him a bit of mouth at the McDonald's counter. Yeah, going, "Oh, you're joking, aren't you? Of course it matches. I'll do it again." You know, and obviously it's a conduit for the for the gag for the kid to finally get what he wants, but he still doesn't get it 
because she was being nice, he gets it because he's had to sort of do it underhandedly. It's really, uh, uh, you'd look at that now and go, nah, he's not having that. You know, go off and write something else. So, like, it's it, a sort of aggro you see McDonald's on a two o'clock in the morning in a Charing Cross, don't you? That sort of thing. Exactly. <laughs> McDonald's, McDonald's being associated with sort of football was turning his head in the famous Scott Parker advert, of course. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think, I think I did an article on the AK90s website actually about Scott Parker, and I said 40 things. That know that you know you're a fan of football in the '90s, and I still think mm. that is my. When people say Scott Parker, my mm. first thought is not of him playing for England or winning Player of the Year bizarrely at West Ham a few seasons ago. Yeah, it, it's him in his garden doing kickups, looking like the next bit, like the bit. And the funny thing about it is Scott Parker, the footballer, is known as being a hard tackling, you know, good passer of the ball. But skills, I've never really seen Scott yeah. Parker pull off a skill in his life. Yeah, as a <laughs> kid, it was clearly full of techers, as they call it nowadays. If anyone who likes the F two freestylers on YouTube, um, yeah. he was full of those, and that was you know that was the first time you'd seen that sort of skill on on telly or anything like that. And these freestylers, they're sort of diamond a dozen these days. But Scott mm. Parker, I mean, he, he was all through McDonald's. I had a friend actually who was at, with Scott Parker at Cheltenham at the time. He claims on whether or not it's true or not is, is another discussion. But apparently, <laughs> the youth team used to call him Burgers from that point onwards as well. So. <laughs> Kids are so it's, cruel, aren't they? It's probably, it's probably right, but it, 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 it's that funny thing of you know you wouldn't associate fa- fast food with sporting excellence, perhaps. But the, the twist in that story is, of course, he doesn't go to McDonald's when they shout, "Jimmy, we're going to McDonald's." He doesn't go and he just ignores it, and then of course they bring him a McDonald's anyway. So take away, yeah, take away, yeah. So they bring him back a takeout. But I, I, I kind of quite like that little. That little twist in that, in that there's two little twists. There's one is that he's not going for his McDonald's. His football's more important. So hard work pays kids. And then it's like, and if you work hard, you'll get your rewards, EJ McDonald's. So I kind of quite like that as opposed to the the other bizarre Shira one where he comes up as just a, just a mean man in one side of the group. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Scott Parker can still do those skills. I'm sure he could. Yeah. Well, they should, that'd that be brilliant be... if they recreated the advert. Why has no one done that with Scott Parker? Do you think he doesn't want to talk about it? It's one of those that things. Would be, that, I think it's one of those things. It's sort of, I think it's like interview cliche now. Yeah. Uh, where you kind of, it's like everybody must have asked about this. So let's, you think you're being clever asking it. And then, and that it's, it's sort of like, you know, I find, I find it absolutely bizarre that um, the man's uh, championship a champions winning uh, league winning goalkeeper and yet a lot of the time the first question you'll still see Casper Schmeichel asked is about his dad yeah yeah and he's a he's a 30 29 30 year old man as Danish like footballer of the year as well so exactly know, it's like no I don't need to talk about my dad thank yeah. you I'm a, I'm a success in my own yeah life. completely for his own success probably you know in, in some ways bigger than his dad what he did with Leicester as well so but yeah mm-hmm. Scott Parker should should definitely recreate it though I'm up for that I'm, that's my challenge I'm going to get him to do that well if you get him to recreate it and then eat a McDonald's he, and then eat uh, what was it? A, a Big Mac or a quarter pound? I don't even remember. I think it's just, think it's just a normal a burger. Regular hamburger. Yeah, ninety nine p menu Not, that yeah, didn't exist. Then. I bet it wasn't then. It was way below the ninety nine p menu in nineteen ninety four. But yeah, so McDonald's big big player in the nineties. Sticking with that fast feed, feed, fast food. That's easy for me to say. Theme uh, Pizza Hut. I mean, the advert people always oh. remember the current England manager, of course. <laughs> Well, the last two England managers, yes. well, not the last two, but yeah. certainly two of the ones in the last three or four years, yeah. I think, Stuart Pearce as well. Stuart Pearce and Chris Waddle, you know, mm. what would you do if you've missed a penalty in a, in a Portland tournament? What, what else is there to do but go out for a pizza and talk about it with your fellow people who have missed the penalty in a major uh, tournament? 
that's that's group therapy Ash. yeah that's what that is we call that group therapy now group therapy if those lads want to go out and sh- those if those gentlemen want to go out and uh, uh, unburden their feelings about a shared experience that they've all had i think that's admirable the fact that the pocket is a load of money in the meantime whilst they did it's got <laughs> yes. nothing to do with anything and as far as i can see i think we should be applauding these two pre- present and former england managers yeah. And Chris, Chris, Chris Waddle. Chris Sorry, I had to go to Fast Show there. Sorry. Yeah, good old Chris Waddle. Yeah, post mullet as well. It was just it was just after Euro ninety six, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he had the paper uh, bag over his head, didn't he? South Korea. Yes. Was a gag, yeah, it? and they were all kind of laughing, and it was all, yeah, it was all, it was all, it was all post or penalty or missing based jokes. What wasn't it? It was like we'll get the bill, miss, miss, miss. But that that caused a minor stir. At the time, as I remember, the uh, that advert, I remember that being sort of front page news that how dare these men make money off our misery? Wow, yeah, wow, oh wow. god, yeah, I can imagine it now. It'd be the same. I mean, we mentioned on a previous pod about how footballers don't do things, and adverts is another. You don't really see these kind of adverts in this day and age. You know, the only one saying that there's a Ronaldo advert that's on telly at the moment, usually shown in the music channels for some reason. My wife likes to put on music channels, and it's you get those horrible adverts for the loans or whatever it's one of those cheapy, <laughs> cheapy adverts but he's advertising um i don't know some sort of something to enhance his abs and it's oh really... yes the, yeah the ab thing yeah, it's almost like something you'd see on a shopping channel yeah it's terrible and it's it mm. made me think the other day like you don't really see footballers do that anymore and that's other than the you know the big brands like we mentioned the nikes or maybe some sort of aftershave that they're doing like the beck stuff mm. but you don't get the cheesiness but that one is is terrible it's like it's made by jml or someone like that so yeah it's, it's not it's not brilliant is it but i suppose ronaldo's kind of above it all yeah well he's absolutely really, so above it all. he could probably come out and advertise happy shopper <laughs> or something and we'd all be perfectly there's, happy with there's it because his name, he happy he can do what, he do what he wants you know Ronaldo signs for little <laughs> yeah, yeah he could do it. It, it that man could do anything and get away with it but yeah Pizza Hut was, def- was definitely uh, one of that. But I think I think now, now that you've mentioned that, that you know the, the football players are probably earning more than enough money that they don't True. have to go and even for you know, I always say that like hundred thousand pound, no matter what you're earning, is still a hundred thousand pound. If you've got if you've got hundred million in the bank, a hundred thousand pound is still a hundred thousand pound for two days' work. But a lot of them think, well, I'd rather go and train. I'd rather go and work on my game. I'd rather do other things that aren't going to exert myself away from football. I mean, that was a kind of thing in the '90s, wasn't it? Very much that you would talk people getting distracted by extracurricular activities gigs was sort of apart from Reebok which we'll get to was famously sort of shied away from all that kind of thing but there were certainly lots of players who would still go out for the extra few quid and open nightclubs and open you know supermarkets that kind of Radio 1 DJ thing you know football sort of footballers kind of took over that uh, sphere I think very much in, in the 1990s yeah. but now, Turn on the Christmas think, lights was one of them wasn't it yeah exactly yeah I mean I saw Brian Robson and Viv Anderson obviously it was in Middlesbrough but yeah. you know it's still it's still the same kind of thing they, they would go and do that whereas now they probably think Ugh, you know £100,000 for two days work yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'll leave that yeah. Yeah. it's a shame because you know as we're talking through some of these are so memorably sort of thought of as well I mean we'll talk, we're on food and drink let's, let's keep on that theme I mean Walker's is one that's completely still going with Gary Lineker I think he'll die before he ever gives up the Walker's oh, deal that he's, he's doing but that started in the 1990s when he was you know still... no 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 oh I'm being out 90s 1980s what Walker's Is it... and Lineker 
he did a couple. Uh, they're up on YouTube. So oh, go and get. Well them. And I think Joel. it was when I, I think it was when he was at Leicester, and they were sponsored before Barclays, he went yeah. to before he went to Everton. And it's just it's him with a bowl of crisps, and he just it's basically oh, eat, eat Walker's crisps. And then, so I think he did a couple that were just very generic like that. And then they came back with the Welcome Home advert, which is uh, just uh, very the start of all that No More Mr. Nice Guy stuff, which yeah. is still going in those adverts. Still going now. I never realised so it was in the st- 80s. So I say that you've been, that's the 80s, so I was out of the wrong decade for that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. he did do the Welcome Home and that, and that's what but kicked off his Peters, own. Peters and Lee, Peters and Lee, Welcome Home. Oh, yeah. Used quite a lot in the 1990s. It was the first song that Chris Evans ever played on Radio 1. Fact. You're full of facts today, aren't you? I'm good, aren't I? Yeah. I, I wrote some notes last Someone's night. Someone's done some research. Up. Yeah, I've watched everything. Like I said, you know, it was a real, it was a labour of love. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I tell you, who did the voiceovers on those adverts? Come on, here's a little tester for you. Cool. On the Walkers adverts. No. Yeah. Big, huge name. Huge name now. Then, not so much. Go on, go now, on, surprises. Massive name. English actor. Massive in America now, like one of the biggest actors on American television now. Did the voiceovers for those early. Gary Lineker, Orcus Crisps, Hugh Laurie. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, you go back and listen, yeah, I went, yeah. who's that? And I went, God, it's Hugh Laurie, yeah. clearly. So, yeah, Dr. he was House. The, no. Yeah. Yes, indeed. There's the obviously there's the, the Lineker one where he's returning to Leicester, gets off, you know, ostensibly coming back from Japan, from Osaka, Grand Pesade. With his uh, toe injury, just, yeah. With his yeah, with his poorly talk, you can now tell when it rains. He says, "Yeah, apparently, yeah." Um, but yeah, just the whole um, the, the whole spate of them. Obviously, there was the the ones with the. I mean, Emil Heskey must be upset that Gary Lineker came around. Otherwise, that would have been his. Game, He'd be Mister Walker's, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he yeah. would have been missed, But now that's that that's sewn up. If not only for this uh, generation of Linekers, but the next one it's just kept there going. Was, there was an advert, and and this is a later one. I think this is about two thousand and four which I vaguely remembered, and then I really laughed when I went and watched it. But it's Gary sneaking up on one of his sons, probably George, because he's the banter king. Um, Hashtag sneaking up, try, Yeah, trying to, try to nick the crisps off George, and he gets the angel Bobby Robson on one shoulder and the devil Terry Venables on the other, telling him to either nick the crisps or not oh, nick the crisps. Yeah, crisp on the, I, yeah I vaguely really, remember that. It, it's worth going and having a watch of it because it's, it's genuinely like, it got a couple of laughs out of me. And I won't ruin the end, but there's a twist. Not as big a twist as the Sixth Sense or anything like that, but there is quite a big twist. But the level of acting in those adverts, I've got to say, is normally associated with nativity players. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. Like, yeah. Oh, well, I was going to go on to say that you know he did sort of Lineker, and then obviously did the advert with Gascoigne with the tears as yes, well I around nineteen ninety eight, um, and then Mike Owen got fingers. Yeah, Mike yeah, cheese, got cheese cheese and oil. And he's acting, yeah. and all he did was walk along the road when he was trying to kill him. Was that the advert? I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, he was trying to drop like bricks on his yeah, head. Like it a was kind of road runnery coyote kind of thing. Wasn't yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Michael, yeah. Young Michael Owen's uh, acting wasn't particularly brilliant in that either. But he did have his own Chris, the cheese and onion, uh, cheese and Owen. Sorry, cheese along and with Salt and Yeah. What was the other ones? There were some other ones, and Didn't I just can't remember. Some sort of bacon one. I was trying to. That's think what. I, that's what popped into my head, and I could. And no, no, I can't remember. It I, wasn't I was Richard Bacon, surely. No, it was. It was. <laughs> I can't remember. It would have been. Or Smoky. Was there some sort of put on Smoky? I thought it had something to do with Gaza. I don't know. Someone maybe tell us on Twitter. But yeah, I do remember. Yeah, if you could. Some sort of sort of yeah pink version of the walker's crisp associated with football, but yeah, I can't quite remember. Yeah, that. that's popped out of my mind. Let's stick to, to food and drink. Um, quickly as well you mentioned ian wright earlier he did a famous <laughs> advert you know there's, there's two things like ian wright in the 90s on the pitch as we've mentioned one of the best strikers in the premier league broke arsenal's goal scoring record fantastic 
off the pitch. I mean, I can still I can still remember that he broke Cliff Bastin's yeah, scoring record. Exactly. So Bastin's. that was kind of imprinted on your mind that what a big deal Ian Wright yeah. was, and and yet now. Yeah, it was, yeah but he, he had that, but off the pitch, not only was he guilty <laughs> of the worst headgear in the world has ever seen in the Do oh, The yeah. Right Stuff video, check yeah. it out, it's terrible, he then went on to Chicken Tonight mm. as an advert, which is terrible, I mean, for those who don't remember Chicken Tonight, there was a huge jingle in the late 90s, I Feel Like Chicken Tonight, which was... I feel like chicken tonight, like Pe- chicken tonight. And people flapping yeah. their wings, and some yeah. for some reason Ian Wright thought it would be a good idea post-career to, to get involved, and did his own over the top wearing a uh, was it a massive velvet jacket burgundy. yeah he, he's, he's he's pretending to be posh yes of course in the advert yeah. so that's the sort With of a cravat the as well if that, I remember but yeah. he's pretending to be posh so he's talking very oh I feel like chicken tonight I use pot one but then he does the chicken tonight dance with yeah. and I was like I have no recollection of this now I, it, I can't I've watched it a few times and I've I sent it to my friends and I went do any of you remember Ian Wright doing adverts for Chicken Tonight in the 1990s, and everyone was like, "No." And then I sent them it, and they went, "Oh God, yeah, I do now." That's we, we must have all collectively erased it from our minds because it's it's very embarrassing. The posh accent, the Chicken Tonight voice, the fact that he's doing adverts for this stirring sauce stuff that doesn't exist anymore. No. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty gruesome. It's worth a watch if you fancy having you know your if you fancy your spine, spine snapping through embarrassment. Then, yeah, that's fine, but it's it's grim. And he did a few. He didn't just do one. I think yeah, I think the first one started off quite straight. Yeah, and then it was like, okay, let's let's have some fun with this. Let's have a laugh. Would you like to get dressed up or posh? It, it does seem so odd now that Ian Wright, that you know, he's in that celebrity realm. Yeah, he's you don't really think him as a footballer anymore. No. A footballer anymore. You'd never. It, I'm a, like when he shows up on. You know, he did a few match of the day Euros and stuff like that. And when he turns up, you kind of go, oh yeah, God, he played football for yeah. fifteen years. And was pretty now good he, at it as well, yeah. Yeah, it, it, God, he was a scary striker. I mean, he always scored against us. I mean, I think he always scored against, against everyone. Everybody. Yeah. But, I mean, that was just... It, it seems incredible that, that probably... Certainly one of the one of the most deadly English strikers that there's ever been of in that the era. Premier I mean, League. it was a great era for English strikers, as I oh, mentioned before. Yeah, but I mean, he yeah. was up there with them. Did was his late night chat show in the nineties as well? Was it around yes, the same time? Yes, I think time? it was the thing. Yeah, the thing on ITV. Yeah, with with Dion Dublin playing the saxophone. Yeah, right, that was another. I always remember Caprice being on it a lot for some reason. There's a night. Yes, so, yeah. Well, there's there's certain when you work in those sorts of shows, yeah. as I have. <laughs> She was on it a lot. Emerg- I think she was going out cert- with Tony Adams at the time. Yeah, the certain emergency guests that you, you <laughs> know that you have, quite you free, have waiting quite often, in the background. Yeah. I won't, I won't name any names because it's not fair to them. But I, you know, we always knew that when certain from a pool of sort of six or seven guests uh, in the past and some shows I've worked in, we'd always say, "All right, you haven't got anybody this week, then." Okay, that's fine. Let's see what we can get out of these. But luckily for them, they were good value. But I think Ian Wright, Ian Wright is certainly a celebrity now rather yeah. than rather than a footballer. Shall we stay on food with yeah, Mr. Go on, Brian Clough? Got, yeah, Brian, Brian Clough. Clough. Oh, it, this warms my heart, this advert. This is like the Kingsmill advert. It feels like it's just so homely. It's just very nice, isn't it? It's very nice. Uh, who's been eating three shredded wheat? <laughs> A young man. A young man. Oh, yeah. I lived on Bally. I can, it, it, it's ridiculous because obviously Brian Clough's from Middlesbrough and I'm from Middlesbrough, but I can't do Brian Clough. I can do Michael Sheen impersonating Brian Clough. But I can't do Brian Clough, so I can do you know, Missing the target from there, you want shooting. Oh, I'm going to fight him and all that. But these Brian Clough shredded wheat adverts, they're, they're something else. They're I just, think, again, you know. 
He's Gary Lineker's in one of them as well. Yeah, I remember him being in one of those. Yeah, they're just that's what I always I keep saying. If that's what I get the, whenever I watch the Brian Clough ones, they're just yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of shredded wheat, but it makes me want to eat it because he's just I, I exactly thought the same thing. I thought, oh, I might go out and buy a yeah. box of shredded wheat now. Because he doesn't, he comes across not like the you know the you know the controversial, I suppose is the word, pundit and the manager that we we used to see, and he comes off as like your favourite granddad or your favourite yeah. uncle. Like instead of giving you a Werther's original, here's some shredded wheat, lads. Some shredded on. wheat, and the and, and the gag in each one of those is uh, who's had three, who's had three, yeah. and it turns out that Peter Shilton has you know the regular key, keeper has eaten three Cheeky shredded wheat and turned it turned into Peter Shilton, yeah, and then the regular Peter. striker has had three and turned into Gary Lineker. So they, so that's the gag, you know, as it goes through. But and he, of course, it's it's all those nineties wonderful Brian Clough things. He's wearing the green, green sweatshirt, yeah, <laughs> with the red top underneath and the tracky bottoms, and it's all that. And he, you know, God bless him, he looks a bit ruddy. You know, he's probably just past. Maybe he might have just left Forest. Yeah, I think it's and, those early uh, days. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's just then where he's kind of like, right, well, we better make some more money now. You know, and God bless him. It, I, I always found it strange why Brian Clough didn't turn up as a pundit more yeah, when he's I been. Think he's, I think his health. I think at that point, I think we we probably wasn't aware that he was probably mm. getting ill at that point more than yeah. let on, and it was obviously a, a demise after that to his sad death mm. as well. But yeah, Brian Clough. I mean, he wasn't the only one who was in serial adverts. Kevin Keegan and the Honey Monster. I oh mean, God, yeah, wow. <laughs> you're, you're talking cheesy. I mean, Kevin Keegan running around at make believe St James's Park. Holding a trophy aloft with a big giant monster, and and the, and, and the honey monster was wearing a Newcastle yeah, United, but not but not, not the a proper kit, Newcastle no. one, not the actual one. So that a, must have been the kind of start of no, we're not giving you that. Yeah, it was you like can do a, what you want. A, like catalog version of yeah, the Newcastle yeah. kit, which is stripes. But yeah, I mean, Keegan could do no wrong at that point. Even advertised sugar puffs. So that was a, that was another one that Called was in honey mon- honey monster puffs. Now, Ash, are they really? It's political correctness gone mad, gone mad. It's like yeah, you, you don't get toys in the cereal anymore. That just it hurts. Well, you, it hurts. So you could choke on them. I know it's health and safety. Um, a few mm. more on food and drink I've got here: Ryan Giggs and corn. I mean, Ryan Giggs doing. I don't remember that. That's oh, interesting. I've yeah. got some different corn ones, but, but yeah, Giggs that, he did corn as sorry, well. different so. Giggs ones. Yeah, I mean, I, they must. You know, they're really pushing the fact that you know this healthy, non-healthy meat thing. But more yeah. Farrah does them now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, Sir Mo Farrah. So yes, sorry, sorry, so more. And, and one of the most random ones now. was uh, Tony Adams doing Jaffa cakes, and in around 1998, and they were called the Jaffa. I'm mean, just check this Tang Team. They were called, and they used to come oh, with little God. figures as well. You could collect. So yeah, that was there was there was an advert where I think they took Tony Adams hostage. This little character is called the Tang. I team. vaguely remember that. That's yeah. ringing a few bells. Which was, uh, which was uh, Roy Keane did a Snickers ad uh, as yes, well. Yes, I remember that. And then Ron Atkinson, who we spoke to on the, on this podcast a, a few episodes ago, you did dressed in medieval garb for a car. Yeah, this advert. I've decided this is the most nineteen nineties <laughs> advert of the lot. Okay, I think of the lot because it's for Carlin. Yeah, of course. Of course who was yeah. sponsoring the Premiership yeah. at the time? It's got Ron Atkinson in it. Big nineties personality, yeah, yeah. It's it's taking stuff back to the past, which is which tend to be quite a big trope of of anything really. What would this be like? But we'll do it in medieval times. Yeah. What would this be like in caveman times? You know, it was like lazy comedic trope that they did. Another phrase that people still that me and my friends still say to each other: Have you got any leeches for this? You know, with a guy flat. Have you got any leeches for this? Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Nick Hancock does the voiceover does, on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. This is the most 90s thing I've ever seen in my life, I think, even though it's set in medieval time. (laughs) 
I think that, I think it's incredible. It's it's every it ticks off so many yeah, favorite does, Stoke City yeah. fan. Yeah, they, of course. They Room one oh one at the time, the original version. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The TV. Well, the first time it was on television. Yeah. You know, before Not the, the radio Frank version we see now. Yeah. No. 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 But yeah, that's that is very nice. Is it? It's surprising there isn't sort of more more Carlin ads don't stick out in your mind because that was the the big brand. I started drinking yeah. in the nineties, and that was everybody pints of Carlin. I'm surprised if I see a pint of, if I see Carlin in a shop now or in a pub, especially it, no. in a pub. Were Carlin and the ones you... who did the big football where there was like hundreds and thousands big football match later? I mean, that's not nineties, but was that a Carling advert when they had like the whole city playing football against each other? Was that a Carling? Yes, one? where it started off like the, like the game that happens once a year in yeah. wherever the town is. I'm sorry, have... yes, that was Carling. Yeah, yeah, and that it ended up being like yeah, that's 400 quite versus 400. But yeah, that's it's it's really surprising that not more Carlin from the nineties in football sticks in your head because yeah. they were they were the names. It was the FA Carlin Premiership that before it became the Bartleys. But yeah. all the way through the nineties, yeah, yeah, it was the main sponsor in the nineties. I mean, yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I could, I, I couldn't have been more shocked at the start of this season when all of a sudden it's Nissan Super Sunday. What? Yeah, that's just no, that's Ford no, Super no, yeah. Ford yeah. Super Sunday with the two we badges clashing about. together like they did in the nineties yeah, exactly. as well. Exactly. Here we yeah. go. Here we go. This is here we. Yeah, yeah. Bring that. Bring that. That's right. Dream team. That. Bring it all back. Um, but yeah, Carling was definitely one. Ugh, where tell you what we... they need. I tell you what they need. They need Sky Sports nineties. Oh my days! We need to write to Sky Sports. Sky Sports nineties. Yeah, just have it running as like one of their channels, and they have it on, and then we'd be we'd be happy as Larry, me, and you. Yeah, I would go. The football, I would do well. all the rest. There'd be yeah. all the wrestling. There'd be the, and then the show test matches from back in the day. As long okay, as we could do some get rid of most. Of, well, yeah, you do some work when the test matches on, and that's when I just sit and cut comatose and watch the test match that, yeah. that's twelve years old for three days. But yeah, that would that's a good idea. That's write that down. That's write that down. Yeah, that's a million pound idea. Um, pitch that one. The, the, well, the last, last well, food and food. Oh, talking of, well, yeah, you, well, I was going to do food got, and drink, Coke and Cola, just quickly before we move on to Sky and say, you know, they're the Eat Sleep Football campaign that had Eat My Goal, which mm. was a uh, bye bye. Come on, collapse the lung. Come on, <laughs> ten points to us. <laughs> yes. Oh, I got that one. That's a nineties one. Come on, we were on the music what's, one. Uh, what's interesting about them is um, is this shift from. I'm getting into media studies speak again, but okay. there is this shift from sort of localised national programming uh, adverts to worldwide. And last night when I was going back to look for some of the eat football, sleep football, drink Coca-Cola, is I found a Russian advert that was exactly the same, and it was clearly a legit thing, but all the exact cuts in the exact same places, but it was with Russian players, Russian fans, um, and obviously the writing was in um, in Russian, so you know it was. So it was kind of this thing that that, that was that they create one campaign and they would roll it out all over the world. And I think that was the the, the start of the nineties with with that. Now it's just kind of we we take it for granted that it's going to be the same advert that you get in, you know, the Caribbean that you're going to get in England that you're going to get in Russia that you're going to get in Egypt. You, you know, it's the same things. But th- that kind of surprised me when I went back and looked. Oh look, there's the French version of it. There's the German version of it, you know, and and they basically it's again things you don't like. Ash templates, templates, yeah, Tem- tem- but templated adverts, yeah. I can kind of understand you know, that in terms of national, you know, sort of trying to do globally make it campaign. But yeah, I don't, I'm mm. not a fan of templates. One thing Coke did also do in the nineties, I think I mentioned this on the pod before. Um, this was mainly a print advert, but I used to love yeah. it. It was such a simple thing to do as well. When they sponsored the League Cup, when it was the Coca Cola Cup. When it was yes. the final... Come on, come on. Why, why are you bringing back those memories? It's all right. Oh, you, you would appreciate this because it, well, it wouldn't really affect you because you're red and white anyway. But they had mm. the two... They had the Coke cans against each other and they changed the colours of the Coke cans to whatever kit the the, uh, the two yes. teams were wearing. 
simple, but I love, obviously it's a kit thing, so obviously I love it. But the one I always remember, because it's so unusual to see, is when Villa played Man United, and United were wearing uh, the Newton Heat halves. So they had, oh, right, a, yeah. had a Coke can that was like yellow and um, green, green, which looks like Norwich more than anything else. And then mm-hmm. Villa were wearing their claret and blue, but it was the pinstripe kit. So they'd even gone as oh, far right. to do the, the pinstripe on the Coke can. I'm looking it's at it right now. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's I know. Little, nice. it's, a break, it's a little geeky thing, but I, I really love that. But um, Yeah, no, we're just red and white anyway. So, yeah, so yeah, definitely. We've never got anything special. No. They, they did and we lost, it, and we, lost well. it two year, we lost it two years in a row as well. So Yeah, okay. I'll stop there and move on to Sky. We'll talk about Sky adverts. I mean... The, the one that obviously is very close to this podcast heart is alive and kicking because it's the name with the name of the show the book spawned from but if you go look at, back at that advert you talk about typically 90s i love this advert i could watch it That's... over and over and over again the names what? in it the things they're doing paul stewart driving mm. through the gates at white hart lane with his glasses and his whatever sports car he's thinking he's bloody <laughs> i don't know leonardo DiCaprio, whoever was popular yeah. at the time it's like you're paul stewart mate you yeah. know, come on. But it was, that was just, it was it's so cheesy, you know. Then working out in the gym and kind of the sly nods to each other, <laughs> all oiled up in their pants and stuff. It, it's so bad, but so brilliant at the same time. Whole new ball game, absolutely brilliant advert. What always makes me laugh on that one is the height on that header. Yes, at the right, end. At, yeah. Right at the very end of that. He must be about 30 feet in yeah. there. They've thrown a lad on a trampoline to do a header. It's took them all day. They're all miserable. And, but the height on that header just makes me laugh every time I see it. Just like, yeah, because he got up there naturally, didn't it? It sort of, I don't know, it just kind of sums it up really what, what Sky were about is just the height of this ridiculous header and the shot. And it's like a perfect sunset, if I remember, in the background. Sunset, yeah. I used to freeze and frame it, that because it used to be the badges all flash up, didn't you? So I used to freeze frame it to make sure, pause mm. it on my uh, video, on VHS, you know, on the old video Indeed. recorder. Um, it's just, uh, to was get that the, the season badge. that QPR were the top ranked team in London? It was, Joel. Was I wasn't going to mention that, but in the first season of the Premier League, yes, indeed, above Arsenal, above Chelsea, above Tottenham, we were the top London club in fifth place. Oh, yeah, I won't, those I won't heady, mention. heady heights. I won't say what happened to us. <laughs> well, you want, yeah, well. <laughs> but is it, I tell you what, though, it is quite good still. I mean, we're, we're there again now. It is quite good to say that we were one of the founder members of the Premier League. I do quite, I do quite like that. I yeah, think it was nice. 20, 20, 20 teams, you know, or twenty two teams at that time. Sorry, and, yeah, and we were one of them, and yeah. I kind of quite like that. You know, I mean, drew, if I remember rightly, there was a three three draw at Urson Park that season. If I remember rightly, yes, yeah, that rings a few bells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good game that. Um, but yeah, so the, Sky had the live and kick in, and, and the other advert that speaks from. I mean, I think they did live kick in a few oh, seasons oh. in a row, but the Sean mm. Bean advert from ninety five. I mean. Cool. No, 97, I think. Sorry, it was 1997, the Sean Bean advert. I mean, talk about a rousing speech. You know, we know Sean Bean as, as Jimmy Muir from When Saturday Comes, that classic <laughs> film. But this the is substitute probably... who comes off the who comes off the bench to take the penalty in the yeah, last despite minute. the fact that he was probably like 35 at the time. That, that, that's yeah. kind of completely not mentioned, but great film. But forget Game of Thrones. Forget Goldeneye. Mm. Forget oh, anything Sean Bean's done. It's, it's, the only thing he's probably not died in as well. But yeah. it's the performance... Football is life. I'm not going to do the whole speech because it's quite long, hmm. but it's a fantastic bit of writing. I don't know whoever Sky wrote that piece of for Sean. He's fantastic. It's it really kind of when you're in that kind of era of you know football's all that matters before you know life gets in the way. It really kind of summed yeah. up how you felt about football, and I think Sky did really well with that advert. It's it's a it's a wonderfully shot thing. Yeah, it's black got, and white, I think moody. Black, it's in black and white. Yeah. Is Duncan Ferguson doing sit ups or something at Probably. one point? Probably. It? Yeah, it took elements from Alive and Kicking but made them a bit cooler, didn't it? Yeah, and it was sort of like a lot more intense. Yeah. I can't remember who's doing pull ups. Somebody's doing pull ups on it. Uh, it might be Paul Inter. I know Paul Inter wouldn't have been there then. 
but it was it was somebody of that ilk. And you know, you'd sort of gone like you said from your, from Paul Stewart to people like Duncan Ferguson was a massive name. I think she was in the advert. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, uh, it's it's all your sort of huge names there with clips, and that that played all the way through that summer. Black and white, moody. Um, uh, Strings for Yasmin, Tintin out, absolutely yeah. oh, Tintin exceptional out, yeah. record. Um, really, just and and uh, it's got another little meaning to us because it's what they played when uh, Gareth Southgate lifted the League Cup for oh, well, cool. two thousand four. That's what they played. So I'm sure they nicked it from uh, from that advert. You know the people at the at the League Cup at that point. It's uh, the only thing I think that sort of dates it now. If you go back and watch it, is uh, we know how you feel about it because we feel the same. But the the block writing that comes up just looks so incredibly impossibly nineties. Yeah. Otherwise, Word you could off. probably yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's it's just Sky had this weird sort of huge block lettering yeah, that kind really. of overlapped itself at the top at the top and at the bottom. You, you know, and they sort of emphasised some words and it, and they used that across all the channels across Sky One across uh, Sky News Sky News not so much but they still did it. Sky Sports, Sky Movies, and they, and they did, had that weird sort of um, font, and it, it, that's the only thing I would say that sort of dates it really, because even the music sort of still stands up because it's essentially an orchestral tune with a four-four beat behind it. It's a wicked piece of work that that yeah. they should run that all the time. Still, I mean, you see it now and again; it'll pop up on like Premiership years, yeah. and they'll show the whole thing. They'll go, yeah. So you still get that little rush up your back off that one. That anticipation well, of, of, of Sky Sports nineties, the ad break should just be that, just be that yeah. playing constantly. I'd, I'd quite like that. I got up, yeah, so, like talk that. about the Premier League years. I got up on Sunday morning. My my little baby girl was had an early morning, wanted her breakfast, so I sat her down in a high chair, took the TV on. And it was nineteen ninety two, ninety three, the Premier League years. I was like, nice. oh, that's it, remote down. <laughs> so she got an education, and it was yeah, great to look. I love those shows. They, should, I want them out on like a box set. They'd be brilliant. I can just sit there and watch them. I all think day. they just show them all the time anyway, don't they? Especially they do. in the last sort of couple of weeks where it's been an FA Cup weekend. Yeah. They're probably on... just being on. I've, I'm sick of seeing. Uh, PL one hundred Shearer Fowler and yeah, they've been showing all that the and, yeah. and all those uh, the, the things the the Premier League legends with the Gary Neville one I must and the Sol Campbell ones I must have seen about fifteen times in the yeah. last the stretching sort of three a bit weeks. we're doing shows on you know disrespect to defenders but it's doing a half hour on our defender is a bit much we you know, can understand the Shearers there's a Janino one isn't there I've seen the Janino yes one. yeah that's good <laughs> that's very good yeah I've seen that one about fifteen so times we're, so we're building well. the library here for Sky nineties it's it's all yeah no hand. it's, it's, it's good yeah, yeah it's yeah. good. Right, I've got a few more to mention before we wrap up. Um, we mentioned Giggs earlier. He was very much a big face of Reebok in the 90s. Mm. There's quite a few different adverts that him. I mean, the, the magazine one or the print one, I always remember, is him. I think it was a TV advert as well, actually. Him doing different jobs alongside Schmeichel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dennis Burkamp, who was in a cheese factory. Andy Cole mm. was a fish and chips. Giggs, a flower seller. And Schmeichel, yes, a pig farm. Them. They were great adverts. And they were saying if they didn't have Reebok boots, they would. this is what they'd be doing. That was kind yeah, of the, yeah, of the premise behind it. Um, and then there was one that Giggs did called This My Planet that had kind of very much 90s personalities talking about Ryan Giggs. So you had like Robbie Williams in there, <laughs> Tom Jones, Anna Friel. I mean, come on, who's in more 90s than Anna Friel? Anna Friel, I'm yeah. still a bit in love with Anna Friel. Well, I think we yeah. all are. Even, you know, Santiago Nunez as well in uh, Goal. Mm. I think he still is as well. There's a, sorry, that's not 90s <laughs> at all. It's a terrible film. It's not when Saturday comes. Um, and I think, um, was there any more? Oh, it was another Giggs one. Oh, well, I've got, I've, got, I've got two Giggs ones. Go on, go on. Giggs was a popular um, man in the 90s. I've got the best Man United side ever Reebok advert that they did. Do you remember this? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. Where it was, it's kind of, and it's one of those things that whenever you make something, I think whenever you you make something that's made from archive footage and you're trying to piece it together and make it as one, um, I think 
whenever you make that one of them, I could make one today with the best team in the world, and you know, and and it would look brilliant and sharp and, and excellent. But within three months, it's going to look out of date straight away. And I think with those CGI sort of things, they do tend to look a little bit hawky after a bit. But um, this was the best Man United side with Charlton doing the voiceover. They wouldn't even let uh, George Best score the goal in the thing. George Best had to hit the post. It was a, it was supposedly Old Trafford, the best Manchester United side ever playing, you know, a team of nobodies. And it was footage of every single player sort of superimposed onto the pitch, and you know, a little bit of. So they had people, you know, back to Duncan Edwards yeah, sort of thing, you know. In there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, and I think I think Manchester United must have had about nineteen players. The one that I watched yesterday because it was like they haven't got this, and they all had different kits on again. And again, this is where Ryan Giggs is wearing his full bore Umbro Manchester United kit in the confines of a Reebok like advert, a Reebok which advert. Was, yeah. seemed very peculiar. No, that would not to me, yeah, like, definitely don't happen that, these days. Oh, no. It's so odd. But, of course, Ryan's got to score the goal, which he would. And then Bobby Charlton's voiceover. If there was a best all-time Man United team, Ryan Giggs would be in it, which I don't think you can deny that no, not now, now. But maybe he's in now. about 1993. That might have been pushing it a little yeah. bit. But, yeah, but it looks terrible. You know, but what diplomacy Giggs scores, but uh, George Best doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, and there was I, another one. I remember it being, at the time, looking really like, wow, that's clever how they did it. But if you watched it back now, I can imagine the sort of digital yeah, stuff they did looks really shoddy. It's up there. If you just look for Reebok, Giggs, Best Man United team yeah. ever, it's there on YouTube. One, yeah. And it it just it's like anything though you know I remember being sort of blown away by the Matrix and now you look at it and yeah. it just looks like the it looks like a kid could do it on an app <laughs> in about twenty minutes. You go, Can you just go off and make me the Matrix? Bond busy yourself. Your daughter will be doing that on your phone in about three months. She's I having think, a good you know. go already, I tell you. Yeah. Well, there you go. You see, that's uh, rock and roll with that one. But there's the other strange Reebok one. Do you remember Doppelganger? Yes. Doppelganger for the un- uninitiated is a really bizarre claymation film uh, starring Ryan Giggs. Uh, Stephen Burkoff's in it. That is just so uh, yeah. odd. This is a plasticine one, isn't it? Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a plasticine claymation yeah. animation film. Uh, Stephen Alice McGowan's in it, Jimmy Hill's in it. And the story is that basically Ryan Giggs ha- has a doppelganger who this evil uh, manager has found on the streets. They've kidnapped him. They've kidnapped Ryan Giggs and they're going to swap Ryan Giggs, the real Ryan Giggs for this fake drunken Ryan Giggs fella and send him to Man United and then have him be sold to Manchester City. I mean, this just would never be allowed now. Again, it's one of those premises. When you talk about it, it sounds mental, but yeah. Yeah. And and then they were going to keep Ryan Giggs for themselves until the fake wanted time for City and then go there. But this is like a five, six minute. It's it's one of those long, yeah, adverts that you don't think is ever going to end in mid shows. Yeah. It's this peculiar story of Ryan Giggs getting kidnapped and being made to sign for Manchester City, basically. And it's so weird, <laughs> that this whole claymation thing. And Ryan Giggs has got this little squeaky voice yeah. like this. And Schmeichel's in it, isn't he? Peter, a really like horrible-looking version of Peter Schmeichel with a big yeah. red nose. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of worth a look out of sort of curiosity value. Oh, Again, it's definitely worth a look. How, how, they, how they did it. And it, I think it, it looks like an... Uh, Arden, Ardman Animations thing, yeah. who obviously did. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure it's them, but it's kind of, they were the go-to people in the 90s for that sort of stuff. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, people, don't sue me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, just reading, I'm just looking at it on YouTube, and one of the comments says, why does Ryan Giggs sound like an 18th century child in this advert? So <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sums well, up his voice like, in it. And this is going to make me buy Reebok boots. Yeah, Pat. exactly, yeah. 
Oh, a fair play to Reebok. You know, they went for the dramatic kind of thing. I suppose like Nike did as we spoke at the top of the show with the you, with the good versus evil. But this just came off a bit crazy and a bit yeah. You, know, you, you can't fault people for trying something different. Yeah, exactly. But I, I like it. I think we'll put a lot of these on Twitter anyway, so you can, we can tell what we're talking about. But I think yeah. you should definitely put a lot of these up because they're just they're good fun. We'll have an advert day on, on our Twitter feed where we'll all show all these yeah, once, this, once you've all listened to the pod. Um, before we go, we're going to quickly talk uh, about hair products, <laughs> which is a sentence <laughs> I thought I'd never talk to you about, Joe. Not not saying well, you've seen my you've seen my hair, haven't you? You know, Craigie. Well, I can't, I'm not a man about my hair really either, but there was a couple, you know, I think the, the, the two that, I mean, Beckham and the Brill Cream is an obvious link, Yeah. but David Ginola and L'Oreal, I mean, and there was the perfect yeah, well, the, man he, for it. Because he's worth it. Yeah, I mean, he had the flowing locks of the 90s, my mum well, still fancies did. him, so. Well, he's a, he's a beautiful man. He is a, he is a beautiful he? man, yes. We we had a bit of a scare with with losing David Ginola last year, he, he was one of the few yeah. celebrities who got through the, the curse of. 2016 but yeah, I, I think he I think he collapsed somewhere didn't he at the yeah. Euros and, and he was swiftly recovered but that was a bit of a scary moment it was, yeah. even though he was a Newcastle United legend there's still I think everybody's got a bit of, oh, a bit of love on the heart for David yeah they did David um, someone who probably wasn't thought of as someone doing a hair effort <laughs> in the 1990s and it's one that me and Joe were discussing that we were even thinking did it actually happen but we're pretty sure it did um, it was for Wash and Go again very 90s and they some for some reason I've can I say his name? Can you I can say, his, say name? his name. You'd say it in the way it said in the advert. Go on. In the, in the way it says, Jason McAteer. <laughs> and that's all I remember. And, and then it was for wash and go, and it was that traditional thing. Because uh, uh, kids, right, if there's anybody young listening, in the 1980s, before wash and go, you did have to take two bottles into the shower, you know, if you wanted to both wash and condition your hair. Now, by these, I know it sounds almost medieval, because then what we do is we get out of the shower with our two bottles and then go and rub two sticks together to create a fire. That's what happened. But then in the uh, in the 1990s, Procter and Gamble, I think it was, who also make lots of washing uh, clothes washing products, um, they invented wash and go, which meant no. You didn't have to take two bottles into the shower anymore. You could just take one. And who did they choose to be the face of this wondrous product, this real dynamic step forward in all our lives, is Jason McAteer. He did have long, he did have, you know, kind of typically 90 curtainy, loxy type hair. Curtainy, sort of, because he played for. Bolton, didn't he? Yeah. And then he went to Liverpool um, was part of the Spice. Then he went to, to Liverpool, the Spice Boys team. Yeah, yeah. and he, uh, but, but yeah, very sort of nice curtains. Looked like he kept them clean. Always, you know, a nice set of shave, clean appearance. Unlike some of those other footballers you see these days. Yeah, we were saying earlier, you can't find it on YouTube. It's, it seemed to escape the the yeah, realm of videos. I, I thought I'd invented it, and you thought you'd invented it, and then we kind of both dreamt this up. This definitely <laughs> happened. I don't think. Singly, we could have both envisioned an advert with Jason McAteer washing his hair with washing go. Washing it must have happened. It must no, have it happened. definitely happened. It's, it, in looking for it, and it's worth a little plug this, but just on YouTube stuff. But there is lots of funny Jason McAteer stories that he did uh, with. He told with Channel B, uh, which Neil Smythe ah. used to run. Our yeah, friend, friend of Neil. the show, yeah, friend of the show, yeah. uh, which Neil used to. And there's lots of very funny. Jason McAteer stories up there that are worth going and having a look at, especially one involving Jimmy White, yeah, which well. is just spectacular, which is worth just... Go- if you go and look for Jason McAteer, Jimmy White, it's a very good story. You can thank me later. Dig that out. Well, well, that leads... We've got I've got a couple of just a tiny little tidbits that we haven't quite mentioned that, uh, that also happened. Alex Ferguson did an ad for American Express in the 90s. Uh, wow, I don't remember that. Yeah, have a Google that one. It's not... It's, yeah. it's, very, it's just very kind of... 
generic run of the mill kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. David James and Armani, which is where, you know, the, yeah. the, the kits for the, sorry, the suits from the 96 FA Cup finals. I mean, mm. how David James went broke. Like, how? Yeah. As well as being a footballer, he's doing adverts for Armani. I mean, God bless him. You don't want to see that to anybody, but you think, how does that happen? But I mean, if you want to speak about throwing money away, we can go back. You've mentioned David Beckham and Brill Cream. Why did he lose that $6 million contract? Why did he? Enlighten us. Because he shaved his head. Nobody shaved, of course, yeah. Then later in the 2000s, yeah. In yeah. The two, he, he, he lost the $6 million contract just for, because he just decided room. he wanted yeah. to just crop his hair. Yeah. Amazing. The, the last yeah, one I'm going to mention, this is a very tenuous football link, but I found this when I, when I was doing the book. But there was an advert for Jiffy Condoms in the 90s. All right, nice. That when the, the man in the advert reached the certain point that we, he does with the lady, he shouted out Bobby Cholton's name. That's very odd. Very odd. He wasn't in That's the advert, old Sir Bob, but it's, just, it's a football link I wanted to mention there. It and just, then. just reminds me of that train spotting bit where, you know, I haven't felt that good since Archie Hemel scored against Holland yeah, in 1978. Or My Summer with Des when uh, he's uh, he's sleeping with Rachel Vice and he... Uh, he reaches crescendo just as England score against Scotland. That's my, good. That's, my, that's my very good. No, I, I, I did. I did very, very similar with a with a girlfriend of mine. I, I said I haven't felt that good since Fabrizio Ravanelli scored against Leicester in 1987, <laughs> and, and 1987, and I got a good slap for that, and deservedly so. So that was good. I tell you what, I did want to give a mention to, and I think I said it to you in the email just very, very quickly because we've we've gone quite a long time here. Um, Tango. Yeah, of Ray, course, Wilkin, yeah, yes. Ray, Ray Wilkins. Ray Wilkins. Yeah. Which, if you go back and watch those original Tango adverts, the the slapping one. Oh, here he comes now. I think it's Hugh Dennis as well yeah. with uh, with Ray Wilkins. And Ray Wilkins is obviously the deadpan guy in it. And and I don't know what it was like at your school, but that led to a spate, certainly our school, of everybody slapping each other in yeah. the face and saying, oh, you, you know, the the old double slap. You've yeah. been tangoed to the point where, and that that was a nationwide craze to the point where. I remember at one point, I had a teacher do it. Um, a teacher at my school. It all anybody happened in went, the borough. <laughs> anybody who went to Ackland Grange School in Middlesbrough, if I say the words Mr. Shevels, right? If everybody remembers Mr. Shevels, he was about a nine foot five, but about nine foot five tall, but he had a, probably had about a 12 inch waist, if we're lucky. You know, if you, if, you, if you turned sideways, you wouldn't see him. Exactly the sort of guy, very sort of simian monkey-like features, you know, big beard and everything. And he, like, and you know this is the sort of thing teacher would be killed for now but he definitely came up I have real vivid memories of him coming up and me just being gobby in science and him coming up and giving me the double the double slaps on the face and going I believe that's what you call being tangoed and walking <laughs> away and I was like and he fired down <laughs> Yeah. But those were incredible. Oh, I don't think the advert them. would be even be allowed now because well, the advert the advert did change. I think, banned, about, yeah. I think after about three months, they the pulled it and it turned into a kiss. Yes, it did. Yeah. It, it went from it went from being the slap to the kiss, and it's like oh, but those you've been tangoed adverts, totally based in, on football commentary yeah. and sort of, and it was just it was kind of that juxtaposition of putting football commentary into weird situations, which you, you kind of see quite a lot now. It's it's another sort of overused comedy trope now. Yeah, but and Ray Wilkins, sort of, what a gig for him, man. Yeah, oh God, he must have been clapping his hands. Yeah. Oh, God, bless, bless old Butch Wilkins. Well, you know, he had, he had to after we got sacked from QPR. Well, we? yeah, we're, the less that is the money after spent. We bought, after yeah. we bought Ned Zellig. Ned Zellig, that, Simon Osborne. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Wasted six signs. million on them, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, crikey. Yeah. Beginning of the end for QPR in the 90s hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ray. <laughs> Legend at the club, though, still, definitely, yes. But I think that kind of wraps it up. I'm sure there's probably someone will go, you didn't talk about this one, but I think we pretty much, I mean, there are lots... We haven't mentioned mentioned Adidas, and I I went and looked, and I just, 
couldn't it, find anything no, Adidas. I don't think in terms of adverts, they were really big players, were they? I mean, the nineties. The nineties wasn't a good time no. for Adidas, particularly until the end, really. It's kind with of, old Bernard Tappy and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, a lot, I mean, I was thinking a lot of the kit-based adverts. I mean, they're pretty generic. I mean, the Reebok one, I always remember of the, the Liverpool away kit, the yellow one that had yeah. a whole crowd of wearing curly wigs and uh, moustaches. Oh, and that, God, and that yeah, yeah, of, that's you know, brilliant. Stereotypical Scouse look. That that was a great yeah. uh, kit advert at the time and for a very like McDonald's-looking kit as well. So, yeah, mm. I don't remember much from Adidas. Maybe we'll try and dig that one out. Um, yeah, don't remember anything. But if there's anyone else out there who thinks we've forgotten something, please do get in touch at AK90. It'd be great to hear from you. Um, we'll be continuing our countdown of, of season by seasons throughout the next couple of weeks, so listen out for that. Um, just remains to say thank you, as always, to Joe. Oh, Joe, did you think of your random player? Did we get there in the end? Oh, I've lost my notes now. <laughs> oh, you'll, have to ask, you'll have to ask me next time. Next Sorry, time. I'm so hopelessly underprepared. I did write a few, but now I've just been... I've been so caught up in this uh, advert nostalgia, you know, that I just can't think of anything that's, else. That's fine. Ask me next to... time. I'll have somebody beautiful for you. That sounds perfect. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for listening, as always. And until next time, keep it 90s. Bye.